Yeah. Have you seen that thing from, like her from Cats though? How like she's literally doing a dance and then she zips off. Oh, her you made skin. me watch it and I hated it. <laughs> and she's wearing <laughs> wearing an outfit and more cat skin underneath. Yeah. Like, like it's what? very not cool. But can you imagine if you were a human and you just made like a suit that looked like human skin and wore it over the top, like? Yeah, that's it puts the lotion right, on its skin, or else it gets the hose again. I mean, it's a bit like wearing was that Nicolas Cage. <laughs> no, that was, a, that was a pretty good Buffalo Bill, dude. Thank you. I prefer Buffalo Bill. <laughs> yeah. Parents are losing their minds out the size of the Lambs film, but the kids want a piece, so yeah. we're gonna make Buffalo Bill. <laughs> <laughs> his nose is bubble gum rather than an amalgamation of the skin of his victim. <laughs> Oh boy, that's funny, Juice. Thanks, dude. That's, that's pretty good. Funny. Thank you. I mean, honestly, like, you could make a character who just has stretched out bubblegum into, like, a bubblegum skin suit. <laughs> this is, like, a really good sketch. <laughs> the sticky man. No, this is, you're, you're describing No, as not the sticky man. He beat Bubblegum Bill. Sticky man. The sticky man to his friends. <laughs> what? Because he's the sticky man. <laughs> Over time, he'd become harder to stop as the gum stiffened into that, like, they dry... The, the Clown Prince of Chew. Chewicide <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> squad. Chewicide squad! Suicide Squad? <laughs> what? Oh. Are you saying we're some kind of Suicide Squad? <laughs> and like, the Suicide Squad's job is to chew enough gum to stretch it over Sticky Man <laughs> slash Buffalo Bill. Oh. So it's just Will Smith just so constantly jamming Hubba Bubba so into his mouth. <laughs> we gotta oh. get him a fresh layer. Oh, Batman knocked all of the gum off his right arm. <laughs> we gotta get him a fresh player quickly. <laughs> this is a tale of a strange and dangerous world. A world known as Carthus. This is an adventure full of magic, hardship, and friendship. This is a tale about a world at war, and the people who are forced to endure it. When ancient magic starts to stir, three unlikely heroes find themselves embroiled in a quest much larger than themselves. But, more than any of that, this is a story about how to win loot and influence dragons. Hello, and welcome to How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons. It's a Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition actual play podcast for the Curio Network. But of course, you know that already, dear listener. You've listened to 57 other chapters of this story. Or if you haven't, you definitely shouldn't be jumping in right now. Because we're knee-deep in the finale, baby. I am, as always, your regular time dungeon master. My name is Ben McAllister. Thank you for listening. Oh, yeah. Was it just like a regular thing? You just said... Oh my god, I didn't do one. <laughs> Guys, I've waited 58 <laughs> chapters to not do- Oh my god. Okay, let me take another run at that. No, 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 this is the thing now. The the kooky way that you've done it is to do it normally. 
It's the wild yeah. story. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, well then let's just be very professional then. Okay. Um, I'm, as always, your regular time dungeon master, Dr. Ben McAllister, physicist extraordinaire. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I am his trusty companion, Dr. Jackson Newsom, chemist. And is it a spit take? <laughs> the, the idea of me being a chemist is so amusing to Ben. <laughs> oh dear. And who's our Eastern contingent? I'm their rusty companion, Dr. Thomas Owen. Very good. What are you a doctor of? Did you say what you were a doctor of? He said chemistry. <laughs> oh, how did I miss that? So I'm not calling um, you out. <laughs> Show me your credentials. Um, I'm, I, I, I actually have a doctorate in... Hard knocks. <laughs> in the streets. <laughs> no, I have a doctorate in... Uh, w- wave forms. You have a doctorate in thumfering. <laughs> wow. I'm Grace Chapel, the fourth... Crusty companion, and uh, no, I'm oh my god, I'm Dr. Grace Chapel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a I'm a fake doctor of chiropractice, so uh, oh, wow, I, that's why I forgot oh, to say it. Shit. You practice the oh, chiropractic shit. medicine, the forbidden medicine. <laughs> <laughs> Do you chiropractic? Do all of- cri- I don't know. I love chiropractic, that's like just yeah, yeah, that's very good. <laughs> so, doctor, give us the news. Ha, hey. Ha, ha, hey! What have we got? Is it dungeons? I think yeah. I'm sorry to, to inform you. I'm gonna have to diagnose you all with a terminal case of dungeonitis. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be syphilis. Yeah. To be honest, thank yeah. goodness. Okay, yeah. hey, should we jump right into this fucking finale energy? I've got it. I'm hot for this finale. I'm wet for it. Oh shit. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> I'm a little bit disturbed now, but. <laughs> We see Esme and the werewolf in a makeshift command tent at Snakesbane Spring, above the crucible. The air is tense. Esme speaks first. I've managed to convince him to hold off for now, on the condition that we get all the pieces quickly. Well done. I don't know how you can convince him of anything, to be honest, replies the werewolf. I have my ways. Don't worry about that, just focus on your end. They'll be on their way, and we'd be foolish to expect that they're coming alone. I hope you're prepared for an assault. Getting their pieces is the critical outcome. What happens to them personally doesn't matter. I don't need to tell you the stakes here. The werewolf's face contorts into one of his sickening smiles. It takes all of Esme's considerable willpower not to show her reaction to the expression. Oh... I wouldn't worry about that. If things go according to plan, we won't have to wait for them to come to us. You guys arrive to a very different sanctuary to either sanctuary that you've seen. This is a sanctuary that just looks unkempt and decrepit. The buildings have clearly fallen into disrepair, and the ones that haven't fallen naturally into disrepair have clearly been ransacked by scavengers, potentially troops, potentially people wandering the woods, potentially wild animals, but the place is in a serious state of disrepair. Where do you guys want to go within Sanctuary? If you recall, it's like a 
you know, one main street, it has an apothecary. Let's let's duck into Danny Potions. Yeah, the Potions Potions 11, yeah. You enter the apothecary where you first fought Esme, and you see the shelves are knocked over, the crates have been busted open, and, well, can I get some investigation checks from you all as you have Fuck a yeah. little poke around the apothecary? Let's roll some we get dice, to roll dice this episode. Yeah, I know. <laughs> a nine, so my int brings it down to eight. Yeah, I might as well have not rolled, because I've got a two. Uh, a 16 brought down to a 15 by my end. <laughs> okay, I will say, with that 15, as you guys are, like, rummaging around inside uh, the apothecary, Jody kicks over a loose floorboard and finds underneath it a six-pack of Sanctuary Ciders that were squirreled away. The last six-pack, the last sixer. And Tony just fucking... Yeah, just guzzles him down. It's like, he just straight. misses that flavor. Yeah. And I'll say, um, as you pick up that six-pack of Sanctuary Ciders, underneath it, you see a little vial of a ichor, a goo that you recognize from inside the temple. It's that potion of requirement stuff that you guys oh. drank out of the fountains. But there's just one serving of it. I've completely forgotten what it did. It gave me spell slots back. It gives you whatever you need most at that moment. Did we all drink it or did Druzzy only drink it? You all drank it because there were like fountains of it right before the final boss fight of the Temple of Life. Tight. You guys loving this walk down memory lane? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Are there any spirits that start with the word S? Sambuka. Yeah, is this there is, any sanctuary sambuka? This is the sanctuary sambuka. This little vial of the because it's because it's stronger than the cider. You know, I think that's perfect, dude. What about a sanctuary chartreuse? A sanctuary chartreuse. <laughs> okay, what do you guys do? Drazi says, "Look, boys, I'm going to level with you. You take all of the sanctuary ciders. In return, I'll have the sanctuary chartreuse." Isn't that sambuka? Sambuka. <laughs> I mean, it can be chartreuse, I guess. Either. I guess, you know. I'm not attached to either name. <laughs> Let's keep moving forward, please, quickly. <laughs> what are we doing about the Sanctuary Ciders and the Potion of Requirement? I'm I'm happy to take two Sanctuary Cider. I don't I don't need any further compensation, though, for, like, the Potion of Requirement, because Jody's got everything he needs yeah, in his heart. You reckon Druzzy probably needs it the most with that spell slot recovery? I would imagine so. Oh, well, then I'll take Druzzy's Sanctuary Ciders so that she can have the Sambuka. <laughs> Great, sure. So Dunghan's going to take four. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Sure hope there's four combats before the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, nice. Uh, also, Druzzy, by the way, in addition to that potion requirement, did you forget that your staff has the ability to store a spell slot? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> For like a year? Yeah. <laughs> Given you've just had a rest, do you want to have charged it up also? Like what, like you throw a spell slot into it? <laughs> You're the DM. Do you want to have let me do that? Yeah, absolutely. I think, like, you forgot, but Drazi probably wouldn't. Uh, maybe. You know what? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think so. I think, you, <laughs> I think you've got your highest level spell slot stored in the gem there, if you like. Okay. That's wild, dude. I can't believe you What just is going on like next door to you guys? It's an Australia Day party. What do you reckon uh, it is? I literally didn't even know there was anybody living there yet, but then I looked out the window and there was... How should I put this? A fuckboy playing beer pong? And oh, I was like, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. They were at it yesterday as well. Oh. I'm surprised you can hear them. I mean, we can hear them. 
Huge. Yeah. Um, okay, you guys get your uh, potion, your Sanctuary Sambucas and your Sanctuary Ciders, and Valeria has been poking around some of the other abandoned and ransacked rooms, and she comes out and says, Well, I guess now we just wait for Alvar and Elena and the others. What do you guys think you do while you wait? Anything specific, or are you just kind of fucking chilling? I think Jody would probably work on uh, Druzzy's tank top or singlet, whatever sort of like late game fa- fashion she's after. Yeah, nice. What about the rest of y'all? Have you guys seen Jojo Rabbit yet? No, no. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Jojo Snivens. Yeah, Maleficus was actually Jojo Snivens' imaginary best friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, just when you go to see Jojo Rabbit, think of this exact moment when um, Jody is mending Drusilla's tank top. Okay, okay. nice. Okay. Well, also, r- real quick though, like a question for I guess for Grace slash Druzzy is Druzzy there Grace can we speak to her um are you thinking like like a, a tank top sort of vibe or like is it like a halter neck like what's your what are you, what are you thinking um can it be rather than a tank top can it be every part of me is covered except for like the back okay it's just like a lot of back <laughs> like a cool backless dress situation yeah, yeah. you but know like how like sleeves? when you do makeup you don't do like strong eyes and a strong lip it's like instead of it's a strong back, a strong back weak, so it's gonna front. be exactly <laughs> okay. All right, so it's almost like a like a like a cool like dressy long sleeve shirt, but like it's just completely backless. <laughs> and then like is it up at, yeah. is it up at the neck or is it just off the off the um? Is it a turtleneck that only does the front? <laughs> yeah. Okay, hang on. It is now that you said that. That's powerful. <laughs> I'm I'm into that. Okay. Uh, it's got yeah. Why don't just look like you're wearing it backwards? <laughs> yeah, what, and it should be a frontless turtleneck. <laughs> well, as in at the neck. <laughs> That's why Drozzy doesn't design clothes. No, no. The, the turtleneck has to go all the way around, and the sleeves have to go like ov- over the shoulders, kind of. Otherwise, it won't stay on. Yeah, unless it's like the long, almost like long sleeve gloves instead. So it's like sort of shoulders and back. Is bare, <laughs> but then you have like a sort of like a, a being held up by the neck, and it's almost like sort of like long, long gloves. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Okay, let, Jody, let's say that. Let's say that. That's what okay. that's what Jody's working on. Okay, nice. Does that mean canonically her shoulders are attached to her wings? The no, wing bones connected to the, the wing shoulder bones. blades. Yes. It's it's just a bit of fashion choice. J- Jody heard the calls for a, a turtleneck, but was like, you know what? Ultimately. We're moving away from this. <laughs> that, that, that was like two years ago, but this year's fashions, it's a... Uh, it's, 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 it's Sleeveless, backless, loving it. All right, <laughs> let's, let's move on, let's move on, let's move on. So, um, if you guys are just hanging out, eventually you hear a rustling through the trees, and then out walks a group. Russell. Yeah, Russell. Out walks Russell, one of the refugees, what we haven't named yet. And he's like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and he, he, he runs over and he's like, Russell Frick. And he's there and he's oh, like, nice. he starts, you know, like Russell, how he's always juggling. He starts juggling yeah, and everyone's like, Russell, Russell. It's fucking, it's a reunion and a half. Um, but anyway, no, I think it's actually a much nicer moment than that. Because... A contingent of people that have just been on the run for, you know, weeks now pour out of the woods. You see Alvar and Elena and a handful of the refugees, both from Andrea's original group and now refugees from Hastings, people Drazilia recognises. And before too long, indeed, she sees coming out of the woods Enos and Clarence Halimian, her parents. I think, like, Valeria rushes over to Alvar and, you know, they kind of give each other a 
a, a more than colleague embrace, and uh, it's you know it's just a nice Ooh. it's just a nice moment for them. Yeah. What do you guys think your reactions are like? What do you what's your vibe? I think Drazi just reconnects with her family and um, just asks them about who made it out and who who was lost. I think like we're there like on the like main street of Sanctuary basically and your parents rush over to you and Enos, whose voice I will now attempt to recreate without fucking my throat, says, Oh Christ, Drasilia! Oh Christ, it was twice! Is this what the world is like? Twice in a few weeks! The town was attacked! Is this really what the wider world is like? Um, no, not really. It's actually pretty, pretty nice. This is just a pretty serious time, you know, for Carthus. <laughs> and it says, I'm coming to understand that, Drasilia. We, look, obviously when you left, we, we knew you were powerful. We knew you'd been on adventures, but what the fuck have you gotten yourself involved in? It would have found us eventually. Mum, I just, um, I got involved a little bit earlier. That's all there is to it. How involved are you? You've got to understand. This is troubling for me to understand. If it's troubling for you, just know that I'm finally doing what I can to help other people like you always wanted from me. So Clarence kind of goes like, ha. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just know that I have to do it. And this is the way it is. I won't pretend to like it. And I've got to say, from what I've been hearing from Elena and Alvar, it sounds like this is all way over our heads. But... If you're needed, if you're an important part of this, then all we hope is that you're safe. I'm I'm glad you're safe as well. And Elena walks over to Jody and Garrick and says Wait, what? Elena Garrick? Jody and Duncan, <laughs> Jesus. And, oh says, my God. and says Hey guys, um great to see you both. Sure are a few people missing though, right? I think we had to address the, the possibility that you have developed Stockholm Syndrome. Because <laughs> the, the, the degree to which you have bonded with us is, frankly, a little worrying. I understand it's in the times, but are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> she laughs big and loud and says, I think I'm about as okay as any of us are. Look, we lost a lot of good people. We lost Chiron. We don't know where Garrick is. Well, he was taken. We don't know where Andrea is. We need to make that all worthwhile. We need to get some more people. Yeah, I mean, these reunions are nice, but I think we gotta we gotta get down to brass tacks. And she says, is there somewhere around here we can, you know, maybe just, maybe just the core group meet and <laughs> discuss our next move? Moving to the core group, are we, Elena? <laughs> 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 uh, just, just, just the five of us. Oh, hey? I love the idea, like, just smash cut to the three of us and Elena, like, oh, that's just not how it goes, Elena. <laughs> <laughs> I love, um, but she's just like, oh, you know, a few people die, a few people go missing, uh, maybe I get bumped up a spot. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Ross is looking a bit thin. I get, yeah, uh, yeah, she's like, come on, I mean, what other named characters are there? <laughs> you guys? <laughs> you guys, me, Alva, what are we going to pull in Druzzy's parents? There? <laughs> <laughs> I think Duncan throws a glance over towards the building that houses the library. Yep. And then just gonna says, I can think of one good place to go have a chat. To the library! (laughs) (laughs) Jody just walks for the pub, assuming that's what Duncan means. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Jody's like, let's get drunk. Um, (laughs) Is, now, 
Now, have we heard mention of Cerulea? Did I just miss that? Or... Because she didn't feature in the conversation. Cerulea led the expedition from Hastings to be, like, their envoys to the world. So Cerulea's scattered to the winds right now. Right, okay. Like, Clarence and Enos were still in Hastings when the attack happened. But yeah, Cerulea's out and about. And yeah, I think, like, in that interceding moment, um, Druzzy, as you kind of requested, you get a quick update. Like, you, you hear that Trent was captured along with Garrick and was taken with the werewolf... You hear about the the miscellaneous townsfolk who we didn't name who who did die, and yeah, you hear that Cerilli is out on an expedition with uh, some of your other chums. Then, as you guys are getting ready to head into the library, the tree line parts again, and out strides Elva. And you guys are used to seeing her at this point. I mean, you haven't been seeing her for that long, but like the like reunion that's taking place, like everyone immediately falls to a hush who hasn't seen her before because of just the the striking alien nature of her presence. And uh, after realizing that all eyes are on her, Elva goes, "Ah, Greetings all. I'm glad you're all here. Achoo. And she seems kind of really uncomfortable and and walks just like through the group over towards like the people that she knows, Valeria and you guys. And Alva is just like mouth agape when he sees her (laughs) and he's just kind of like Valeria told me just now that she had but you're my god and he's almost like visibly tearing up a bit as um your name sounds like mine (laughs) (laughs) finally we're together Elva Alva (laughs) she says together we will rule all and he he proposes to her on the spot they get married their hands touch like this like (laughs) yeah like fucking he floats up off the ground his eyes light up (laughs) beams of energy shoot out of all of his hands he's one of the Sine secretly embodying the body of Alva now they're back together they have a kid Yes. Kid's voice is both pompous and a whisper all at once. <laughs> it's a bit of a pompous whisper. <laughs> <laughs> pompous whisper. <laughs> fuck, that's love good it. juice. <laughs> fuck, that's funny. Um, okay. <laughs> I love fuck, that's good juice. Like... <laughs> What a tasty back. Yeah. Right up Good here juice. is where I store the juice. <laughs> <laughs> and all that jazz. Start the car. Alright, let's go. Um, so, I think with that, the core group, which now consists of the three of you, Valeria, Alva, Elena, and Elva, make your way into the main hall and then through to the library. And upon seeing the library, Elva sort of half smiles and starts kind of like just quickly poking around through the stacks and uh, just kind of looking at the titles of some of the books. And she eventually comes to the tome that you guys read, which was not called The Tragedy of Maleficus the Wise, but it was called something similar. She sort of lightly reaches out and brushes her hand over it and then her sort of half-smile fades. And she says, Okay, let's get down to business. And can we assume that you guys all, like... Is it cards on the table at this point? Like, are you guys sharing information with them, or is there anything that you're keeping in reserve? I think probably before reaching that decision, Duncan turns to Elena and says, Before we hash this all out, what kind of sway do you have 
with military commanders in the league. She chuckles and says, um, me, a defector? Well, not that much, I'm afraid to tell you, <laughs> but, um, we do have some league-related things to discuss. And Elva pipes up and says, yes, we need all the pieces for this to work, and I think you said that two of them were with the military of this Eastern League, so we're going to have to connect with them somehow. And Elena says, okay, so... Remember how I used to be in Eastern League military intelligence and then I came over here after I started finding little bits and pieces about the Cine. We found those gems, they started using them, and I I was uncomfortable and I, I heard about the research that you guys were doing and I came over to see what I could do. And then you guys kind of abducted me and separated me from the rest of my sort of small <laughs> group of defectors and... I lost contact with them, and she makes big air quotes uh, when she says that. So, cards on the table. I never lost contact with my network of... Elena! Ducana's, like, already impaled her. (laughs) (laughs) She says, it's not what you think, it's not what you think. It's not the League, it's my group of my close allies from within the military intelligence division who defected to come and work with you guys to try and unravel what was going on here, and... Ever since I separated from them, we've had ways of keeping in touch. And she pulls out a second sending stone that looks a little bit different to the sending stones that you guys have got. And just, like, plops it down on the table and just says... Ah, an iPhone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you guys have got the Android model. She's got the iPhone and the Android. And she says, so after I was taken and joined up with you guys, they kept trying to gather intelligence on what the League was doing. And remember how I said that we'd had reports that the League was moving further, deeper into the Ashwood? That was all true, and it's still true. Things are bad out there from what I've heard from my sources. There's townspeople have been displaced, they've had their land taken, they've had their resources taken by the League, and also by the Carthan military, because as we know, a large contingent of the king's forces have settled on Snakesbane Spring. And I think at this point, it's fair to say that there's a big map of Carthus unrolled on the table here. And Elena points at Snakesbane Spring and says, so king's forces are here, and there's several Eastern League military platoons moving through the woods that have been looking for them. My people, my eyes, my splinter group of Eastern League military intelligence have just been observing this for now, but we know roughly the locations of a few of the League platoons. At least one of them is perhaps a day's ride from Snakespain Spring, but they don't seem to know that that's where the King's forces are currently concentrated. Do you know anybody with that detachment? I don't personally, but people from within my network of spies think that they could make contact if we needed to. At this point, after she's pointed at Snakespain Spring, Elva pipes up and says, Snakesbane Spring. That's a funny name, but I can confirm that is the location of the Crucible. And then uh, Elena says, yeah, I kind of had assumed it was the Crucible. I mean, Alvar and I had been researching, you know, with the tomes you guys had brought back and the other things we'd been able to find, and we'd read about the Crucible and that it seemed like an important place. And then when you guys spoke to Elva, hi, by the way, Elva, um, Big fan of your work. Um, you said that she said that Maleficus was probably headed there. So we expect that Maleficus is working with the king's men and has 
reached the Crucible, we have to assume that. But I haven't told my network why Snake's Bane Spring is important. They just know it's a major strategic position for the war right now, and the rest of the League knows nothing. So, we've got a bit of freedom to move here. So, moving forward, what we, the things that we need are the pieces and potentially bodies, soldiers, to help us actually get through this army of Kingsmen. No? Is this, is this what I... Am I missing something here, or is this... That's what we need. Does the Eastern League then present the solution to both of these issues? Yeah. Let's reach out. Make a deal with them. They give us the pieces. We tell them where they're about to get nuked from. Elena says, so I guess I'll try and reach out through my contacts and see if we can make something work. What do we What do we want to tell them to do? What's the plan specifically? Are we going to get them to assault Snake's Bane Spring? Yeah, I can tell them how to get in. What could we possibly offer them to get them to give up the pieces? They're looking for the army that's sitting on Snake's Brain Spring. We can tell them where they are. I can help them take that place. We can help them win a decisive victory and help them stop the King of Garthus from doing fuck knows what. Elva says, to that point, I think it's time we discuss what I believe Maleficus's plan is. I've been keeping it to myself because, frankly, I don't know. But based on the fact that they have a limited number of pieces and on the fact that you've told me that this offsider, this Esme, seemed terrified the last few times you saw her, I have my suspicions. Remember all those years ago when we stopped Maleficus last time? He was attempting to use the pieces to create a portal to the plane of energy that we're drawing power from with the gems. I believe he can't do that without all the pieces, at least not in a safe and reliable way. But I believe that he may think he's found a way to do it with just a fraction of the greater whole. And according to my calculations and experimentations, any such portal that he opened without all of the gems together would be extremely unstable. Potentially permanent, potentially so unstable that it would tear the entire fabric of this plane asunder. Which is bad. That's the, the, the worst outcome. I think we can all agree here. Yes, that does sound bad. Yes, I think that's an avoidable... If we can avoid that one, we should. <laughs> and the Asian League will want to avoid it too. Elena says, so we need to walk a careful tightrope here. How much... Do we tell them? I know they know about the pieces, that they know a little bit about the Cine, they've been trying to uncover it themselves, they they don't know anything about the Crucible, they don't they don't know the whole story. What do we tell them? For now we tell them what we need to to get them to the right place. What comes after that we can figure out. Okay. So we tell them where the army is, we tell them that we need the pieces to stop them from potentially destroying this entire world. And then we give them enough motivation to take on the king's army directly. A few other relevant points of data. Um, my sources recently confirmed that um, another group just arrived at Snakesbane Spring. Apparently a high-level military official known as the Werewolf and his contingent with a troop of high-value prisoners. And she kind of 
drops the word prisoners and then slowly scans around the room and says, do we think this is Garrick? Could be. Uh, Valeria just kind of quietly gasps. And she says, okay, so we get the Eastern League to move against them, we get their pieces, and we all go in and, and, and try and stop Maleficus, but what do we do about Garrick? Is a rescue mission part of this? Can we try and get him in on the way? We need to know more about the layout of this snake's pain spring and where it relates to the entrance to the crucible. I'll tell you my part of the plan. We need to get all the pieces. We need to get them to the crucible along with Maleficus's basin that we just got from the Temple of Sky. And if we put all the pieces together, I believe we can channel a ritual to destroy them. That's the only way to make it safe. I'll hold off Maleficus. Some of you start the ritual, and then you get out of there. Because when that ritual completes, the energy of the pieces will be released. And I believe Maleficus and I will be destroyed. So that's our ending. And then, I guess our beginning is contacting the Eastern League and trying to get them to help us actually move to Snakesbane Spring with the things that we need. I'm guessing the entrance to the Crucible itself will probably be guarded and potentially by someone like the werewolf or Esme or someone that we know that they would trust. So that's going to be a a choke point, a place for us to be most concerned with, I would say. Do we have enough information about Snake's Bane Spring to exchange for the pieces? I can tell them how to win the assault. I can tell them how to get in. How to get around. We'll be good to know more about where exactly the King's forces are set up, but... Well then, let's talk about this realistically. Like, do we need to head with the Eastern League? And so, yes, Elena should reach out to them, but should those of us that are carrying the pieces, should we go and meet with the Eastern League ourselves and then move together to assault the Crucible? Elena says... Why don't I try and square this circle here? My Splinter Intelligence Group has set up a small base camp just south of Snakesbane Spring where they've been observing the comings and goings. It's how they knew that the werewolf had arrived. It's how we've been able to see where the King's forces are stationed, at least partially. Maybe that'd be a good staging area. Maybe we could try and meet with the Eastern League commanders there and set up our plan of attack. That sounds yeah. Yeah, sounds good to me. Let's do that. And get your cell to get as much information as they can about the king's setup at Snake's Main Spring. She says, okay, I'm on it. So we... If Elvar knows the exact location of the Crucible, surely that would tell us exactly where they're going to be focused. Um, I think it's more like the Crucible is like in a mine underneath this town, sort of. And like the troops are kind of like within the town that protects the entrance to the mine. Okay. Valeria says, okay, so is our next port of call this camp of yours? Next to the crucible? And Elena says, Yeah, I think I think so. I think um Jody turns to Valeria real quick and is like, As for rescuing Garrick, if we can, we will. Of course. And Valeria um lightly tears up and then says, Okay, I guess we should get moving. Time is short. I'll go let everyone know to just stay here and hold down the fort. And I guess just we'll go then. 
And she walks out of the room kind of, like, wiping at her eyes to go tell all of the refugees and everyone to just, like, hang out at Sanctuary and, like, you know, keep their, keep themselves buttoned up tight. Then Elva says, there is one more thing. And she reaches into her little backpack and pulls out these three shimmering dark metal daggers. And she distributes one to each of the three of you and says... These were the daggers held by Glyra, Ionthe, and Dandelo, the constructors of the Temple of Life, when we defeated Maleficus last time. May they bring you luck. Fuck yeah. Hey, it's me, Big B, your finale fiend. Thanks so much for listening to Chapter 58 and the third part of our finale. We sure hope you're enjoying it. Uh, unfortunately, as you probably heard, something weird happened with Jackson's audio, and it's a little bit oddly echoey. It does come and go a bit. I think it comes back mostly in the second half of the app after this mid-roll. Uh, we're really sorry about that. It genuinely pains me when shit like that happens. At least it's all very audible, and it'll be fixed for the next episodes. Speaking of which, as of right now, we are planning two more, count them, two more parts of this finale, meaning we're expecting to be finishing this Carthus narrative with chapter 60 in mid-March. As you may know, the release schedule has been a little bit more flexible as we get deeper into the finale, and I would expect this to continue to be the case. The episode should be coming out on either the Saturday or the Sunday, every two weeks as per usual. Stay tuned to the Twitter and the Facebook, Curio Network, or HWLA for updates. Also, uh, definitely tune in there because we'll be announcing our plans for HWLA after the conclusion of this story soon. So stay tuned for that. If you want to get someone on board to hear the finale, try pointing them to our suite of recap episodes, which catch them up to right before the finale begins. It's a great way to get on board. Uh, alternatively, as per usual, leaving us a rating or a review or just sharing the show with a friend is super helpful and something we really appreciate. Okay, I won't take up any more of your time. Thanks as always for listening. Enjoy the rest of the show. We are in it. So what's the plan? You guys are rolling out of Sanctuary. Who's coming Who's staying behind? It's really up to you guys. I think, like, Elva is basically like, we should take as few people as we need. I suggest the three of you, myself and Valeria at a minimum. And Elena chimes in and says, yeah, and I really feel like probably if you want to meet up with my contacts at my camp and maybe the Eastern League, I should probably be there as well. Valeria is still kind of holding back some emotion and she she re-enters at this point and says, like, Okay, I've, um, I've let everyone know that we're going to be getting on the road soon. What's the plan? Should, and, um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't mean to, uh, to make any assumptions or, any, or anything, but, um, do we need Valeria to join us on this? Like, perhaps, like, if, if you need the time or something to, to prepare for something else, like, if we can keep it light, potentially we, we don't even need you to to come along and risk this, Valeria. Like, are you sure you want to come? Are you suggesting I stay out of the assault on Snakesbane Spring and the Crucible? Not necessarily the the assault. Um, I just I, I, I just thought I'd, I'd offer it to you while we're going to meet up with the, the Eastern League. If you all think it's best to travel light, I could spend some time helping everyone here get settled and, and meet up with you guys later for the assault, if that was the plan, but I'm not sitting on the bench for this one, Jody. I appreciate the offer, but 
I'm going to be there to finish this. Okay. We probably need one person to stay behind who we can stay in contact with. Alva kind of clears his throat and goes, mm, Yes, um, <clears throat> indeed, uh, we probably do. Ooh, who could that be? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Just scratches his chin really exaggerated and he's like, You know me, I love to fight and get in there. <laughs> rough and tumble it. And, oh, I'd love to be there, you know, when we tackle those bad guys down in the sea. I always imagine Alva as like seven foot tall, like muscle granddad. You know what I mean? Like, like, like he's really? old and I imagine like, him as like three foot tall, as a little uh, <laughs> Professor Flitwick. Oh, I actually never, never imagined Alva. Oh. Oh. Are you one of those people, Tom, who doesn't create visual images of the things they're reading or listening to? <laughs> no, 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 no. Sorry, I should have been more specific. Alva's been living with me this entire. Time. <laughs> oh, imagine. Can you can you bring him on the show? <laughs> yeah. Is Ooh, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go get him. Just give me a second. Is Alva? With I'll go get him. Hang on a sec. That's your stepping away. Yeah, I thought it might be. <laughs> I thought you were just like slapping your belly or something like that. Like that's how I summoned him. <laughs> oh, um, hello, Tom. Uh, how, uh, how are you doing? Um, what, what can I do for you? <laughs> um, can you just like verify for them the fact that you've been living with me this entire time? Yes, of course, Tom. It's your turn to take out the bins this week, and you didn't. I just wanted to get that out there. Um, <laughs> I, I love the Alpha. Alpha, thank you so much. Alpha, <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you also just um, confirm for uh, the Perthsiders that you are indeed, in fact, uh, seven meter long. Seven meter long. Long. Oh my um, god! Yes, I hardly see what bearing that has on the discussion about the bins, Thomas. This seems far more important. How do you fit in the house? Yeah, how have I never noticed you, Alva? Sorry, sorry, sorry. I should have been more specific. It's his dick that's seven meters long. Oh, yes, I keep it coiled up like a rope. Oh yeah, no, I've seen the massive penis <laughs> at your house, of course. Sorry, sorry. I didn't realize I was attached to Sometimes you guys will be sitting in the living room and there'll just be like one or two meters of my penis lying on the floor of the living room. It's because I haven't quite tidied it up. (laughs) The idea is someone walking in and like just coiling up their penis and like, oh, sorry, I'll just tidy that up. Like, Like seven meters is most of the length of our apartment. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Anyway, I'm going to go coil myself up and tuck myself away now. Um, tuck myself away? I'll, I'll, I'll catch up with you later. Um, are you still doing that podcast where there's a character who is, like, kind of named after me and, like, a little bit similar oh, to me? Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I am still doing that podcast. And the character isn't just named after you. The character is, in canon, visually identical to you. Oh, I'm not sure he is, but that's... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've been listening to the show and... (laughs) Indeed. Wow, Grace, really weird of you to do an impression of our R2. Hey, we just... Uh, I think this is going to be one of our all-time bits. (laughs) I also think we should move on. So, uh, Alva says, I'm quite happy to hold down the fort. Um... Uh, I mean, if Valeria wanted to stick around, it would be nice to have someone who maybe is a little bit more combatively inclined. It'd be great for us to be able to ensure the safety of people back here a little more, but we can't leave anyone behind. 
this is what it's all been headed to. We need everyone who can fight to come with us. She says, I agree. We're, we're in the end game now. It makes sense to have us all together. So I guess we'll leave some of the refugees who are veterans of a few battles in charge of the defense here and get on our way. And I think with that, you basically do that. Uh, Drazilia has an opportunity to, to farewell her parents once more. Does she, um, does she have anything to say to them? Um, I think it's more like, you know, Mulan sneaking out in the night. Yeah, that, that tracks for me. Take her father's place. Absolutely. Like, Like, I, I don't think they would necessarily let her go. Yeah, I mean, she's already spoken to them and they've been like, what the fuck you need to be safe and she's been like i have to go save the world i'm not gonna just sit around so i think that makes sense that she just leaves um well i guess on your way out of sanctuary leaving for the second or third time in your lives heading back towards this obelisk so that you can you know make the couple hour transit to the camp uh when a refugee from well the original group of refugees with andrea grabs Jody by the robe sleeve and says um Mr. Jody um I I have something for you oh and she says uh come come over here and she takes you sort of like away from the main group for a minute over to where she's like just like dumped her belongings and she's oh this isn't like a, oh Jody's going away to war what, one last bang <laughs> No, she says. um, So I'm not sure if you remember. Sorry, what did she say? She says, "I'm not sure if you remember me." Um, My name is Julia. I was one of the refugees with Andrea from, well, when we ran into you in the Ashwood around here, and I was the one who found the package for you at Espera. And Andrea asked me to hold on to it until I saw you again. And so, well, this is yours. And she, like, pu- like sort of pours through her belongings and pulls out a small, uh, like, rough paper-wrapped box with a, like, ink scrolling on the paper that says, To Jody from Tress. And hands it over. I think, um, yeah, Jody like very solemnly sort of takes the package. Thank you, Julia. I um, thank you for keeping this safe. Hey, anything for you guys? You've got to get out there and I don't know, save the whole world or something. <laughs> Perhaps something like that. Yes. Um, thank you though, very sincerely. Best of luck. And she kind of walks back over to the other refugees. And what does Jody do with that package? Um. I think, like, he's sort of stuck in that moment a little bit. Like, sort of, like, just, like, holding it and, like, you know, feeling the weight of it, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think he opens it. Like, he didn't get to say goodbye to her. And, like, this is probably as close to one as he'll actually get. Um, and he probably wants to actually have that moment be its own moment. Um, yeah. 
like the space and time to give it the respect it deserves. Exactly. And yeah, yeah that that makes sense to me. Um, and I think like there's a, like an element I I certainly understand. Like if, like when, when something's been like you know like closed up for so long, like it almost like the weight of it not having been opened like yeah, sort yeah. of continues to grow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it feels very fun. Like, like an inertia sort of thing or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Great. So what? It just pockets it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Neat. And you guys trek on north out of camp back towards the obelisk. It's Elva, it's Elena, it's Valeria, and it's the three of you. Uh, And as you guys are walking north through the woods, can I get perception checks from everyone, please? Rolling dice? Yeah, I know. Dice. Oh, no. Dice. Oh my god, I rolled three absolute stinkers for Valeria and Elena and Elva. (laughs) It's a it's a seven for me. Um, Is that a critical fail? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a seven for me as well, though I rolled a five. Eighteen plus ten. It's a twenty-eight for Jody. Jesus Christ! Ooh. So twenty-eight for Jody, and what was the next best one? Seven. Yeah. Okay. So Elva, Valeria, and Elena also rolled. <laughs> fucking stink rolls so everyone else i mean and this tracks i think like everyone else is just kind of like walking along like getting ready to fucking head into the obelisk and, and get onto the camp those spanish eyes yeah and legless over here yeah. his ears prick up yeah jody sees a glimmer of metal in the tree line off to the left what does he do off to the left and ahead a glimmer of metal yeah like something so- glinting in the sunlight Okay, cool. Um, well, I think uh, immediately Jody would like sort of like stop. Okay. Um, and then probably in the sort of way where I would imagine his teammates are probably aware of that, like as like an alert sort of thing. Okay, right? so he makes like an alert signal. So everyone's yeah. fully yeah, on alert. Yeah. Okay, yep, everyone's on alert. And there's no movement or anything? Well, I was going to say, if that's what Jody does, if Jody immediately stops and alerts... I need you all to roll initiative because they're not going to get a surprise round on you, but there are people waiting to attack you. And so if you walk through and you just Whoa. stop, they're going to attack. Yes. So everybody roll initiative. We're going in here. Mine's 11. Put it swear. 14 plus 5, 19. 3. <laughs> <laughs> so 19 for Jody. Okay. Get him out before next episode. <laughs> Very good. Oh, I have advantage on initiative rolls. Oh, nice. That's right. I'm a ranger now. That's a two. <laughs> it's four now. Oh okay, God. nice. Well, hey, that's that's wow. good. You gotta get him. That's um, true. Yeah, go get him somewhere. Okay, the first person to act is Jody. You see this glint of metal off into the uh, tree line ahead of you. It's probably in front in front of you and maybe twenty feet, like twenty feet in front of you and a bit off to the left. Cool. Okay. So, so we're, we're like in forested area and that sort of thing? Yeah, it's relatively thick. Um, I guess with your 28 perception check, I would say you, you can see it's... <laughs> That's fully reasonable. It's a, it's a person standing there holding like a crossbow, like sort of like obscured behind some leaves and trees and stuff. Yeah, tight. Uh, Jody wants to like sort of run up a tree and then like leap down. Oh, I love that. Get, like death from above. Yeah, because you can do that, right? Okay, <laughs> fuck yeah. I think running up the tree and then jumping down onto this guy, you can absolutely do it. It's like thick forest. There's enough trees around. And yeah, you can definitely get advantage on that attack roll as you bring down your death from above. Bring it on. Let's hope for a crit. Um, nope, but it's a 60, it's a 29 to hit. So I'm gonna yep, 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 29 is going to do it. Um, so I'm going to try and do a little uh, stunning strike as well. Okay, nice. Yep, 
So I'll say that as you get up on this guy, you see that it is a human man wearing black studded leather armor mm-hmm. and wielding a crossbow with a short sword slung across his back. Okay, great. Um, yeah, so if they want to make a uh, con saving throw yep. as I make this hit. Con saving throw. This human man in black studded leather armor, his con save is 12. Okay, he's going to be stunned. Oh, 14. But yeah, <clears throat> he's stunned. Okay, nice. So he's stunned. And how much damage does he take? Not heaps. <laughs> um, he takes... <laughs> he takes um, 11 damage. Okay, nice. Um, and then, I do I get advantage again now that he's stunned? I think you do, yeah. If he's yeah, stunned, you totally get advantage. Right, yeah. Yep. Uh, great, well, there's another 29 to hit. And then, I'm going to flurry of blows this time. Yep. So, that's... Um, uh, 13, 13 damage, damage. and then... Um, so this is a staff attack, and then a sorry, fist attack? So first one, yeah, so sec- second attack was staff as well, uh-huh. and then now this is like... A, a couple of punches. Fist, yep. Um, ooh, that one is 20 to hit. Yep, nice. Jesus. Um, and then... Well, so this is my, my my fourth one would be uh, 23. Yep, yep, all hits. Great, great. Oops, all hits. Great, 8 damage, and then... Uh, another 11 as well. Um, and then I'm going to make him uh, make a deck. Oh, no, he's stunned, right? He's stunned. Uh, he, he, and I'm, uh, basically, I want to make it that he can't take... Uh, oh, he can't take reactions. He's already stunned. I shouldn't have really thrown him blows. <laughs> 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 I'm really just I'm piling up. Hey, just shaking off the rust, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know what it's like. Yeah. Uh, um, great. Okay. I'm just going to leave him stunned then. Yeah, nice. Okay, so he's stunned. Jody's there. The next thing that happens is this guy. Does he get to make another save to try and break the stun? It's his turn now. Um, I think it's for a round. I mean... We have the- okay, you look it up. We'll do the other of the same character type because hey. then the next thing that happens is Duncan, a fucking crossbow, lances out of the tree line on your right. That is 19 to hit. Uh, yeah, that hits. Yeah, nice. So that crossbow uh, lances a fucking bolt into the side of Duncan and... Okay, yeah, nice. So it's going to be a sneak attack because he had, well, this feature. And Duncan is going to take for me a nice, chunky, juicy, tasty <laughs> 20 piercing damage as this crossbow bolt smashes into his side, finding a chink in his armor. The next thing that happens is another crossbow bolt from the right hand side ahead lances out of the tree line into Drasilia for 14 to hit. No, baby. What? I'm 14. You're 14? <laughs> yeah, tie and armor uh, class is a hit. So have to match. Yeah, the match definitely hits you. Damn it. Uh, so that is... Oh, what? Although, I, I will say real quick, you do have shield, though. Yeah, you could You could block this one if you wanted. Um, Is it just a human? Are you... Well, I, I'd say now that they've shot you, you can look in their direction and see it's a... The, the one that shot Duncan is a half-elf lady, and uh, the one that shot at you, Drasilia, is actually a dwarf man. Wait, are we fighting ourselves? But, uh, <laughs> it's just... Whoa. It's just an arrow, yeah? It's a crossbow bolt. I'll take the hit. Okay, nice. So Drasilia gets fucking hit in the side of the crossbow bolt for 17 points of piercing damage. Then, 17. the next thing that happens is another crossbow bolt lances out from ahead of you, Jody, and you can see up ahead beyond the human that you're fighting, there is a uh, another human female with a crossbow uh, who launches a bolt in the direction of Elena, who actually dodges it. 
Alina just fucking steps the crossbow bolt like, (laughs) and um, then okay, gonna have to fucking make a saving throw here. The next thing that happens is Elva, who's like pricked up and like started to hover, like she's got off the ground, like she's about to go. Ooh, yeah, Elva, who's hovering off the ground, all of a sudden freezes in midair and like seems like she's being like held. For a moment. Ooh. And then it's well. Valeria's turn, who says, I'll take the one ahead of Jody." And she, like, sees the one that just tried to fire a crossbow bolt at Elena and missed, and, like, picks it out and, like, launches uh, a-, a bolt of uh, crackling yellow energy in its direction. And uh, you see it... Uh, make contact with the tree next to the person rather than the person themselves. And then the next person to act is Elena, who, as a non-combatant, whips a dagger (laughs) in the direction of the one next to Jody. And 20 feet, that's within throw range. Um, Oh, actually hits! So Jody's... Oh, she's got advantage anyway, right? Because he's stunned. But anyway, she hits the dude in front of Jody with a dagger and then she, like, ducks behind a tree out behind and away from you guys. It's just like, sorry, um, you guys got this one. And then the next person to act is Drazilia. So you've got Jody in front of one, ahead of you and off to the left a little bit. It's a human man. Up ahead, uh, a further maybe 20 feet beyond that, there is a human woman who uh, Valeria just shot a, a crackling bolt of energy at. You've got Elva, who was hovering in front of you, but is now frozen solid. And you've got two off to the right, one ahead of you and on the right, um, which is the one that shot at Duncan, a half-elf woman, and one further ahead on the right, which is the one that shot at you, a dwarf man. And so the guy that I have in front of me is stunned for this round, so attacks uh, get advantage. advantage. Uh, I cast Fireball. Mm. Uh, Are they surrounding us, or are they ahead of us? They're ahead of you. Oh, okay, okay. (laughs) What's the radius on Fireball again? Let me just check my spell cards, which I have made. What? This? Oh, great. I know. Great. Oh, actually, it might not be big enough. It's only a 20-foot radius. 20-foot hmm. radius means a 40-foot diameter. I'd say you could get two of them with that, the way that they're currently yeah. positioned. You wouldn't be able to get okay. all of them. Lame. Are we, are we, is is um, there any friendly friendly fire here as well? Or? I mean, if you hit jo- if you hit the one that Jody's standing in front of, you might um, friendly fire the boy. That's okay. Friendly fire away, I say. <laughs> no, you know what I will do? I will, I will friend. If I am going to friendly fire Jody, I will cone of cold Jody because <gasps> that is a sixty foot cone, and that should get them. Sixty foot cone. How does that work? It's sixty foot wide and sixty foot long. Yeah, but it like sort of spreads out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So from where you're standing, or would it just get three? It's, maybe? So it's as wide as it is far away from you, right? It's like yeah. it goes five. So by the time it's twenty feet ahead of you, it'd yeah. be twenty feet wide. So. Yeah, I wonder, like, there would be a way where you could, like, if you ran backwards, then it'd be, like, 30 feet wide by the time it was 30 feet away from you, and then you probably would... I think they're, like, they're more than 20 feet apart, like, (laughs) in this direction. So if you, like, ran backwards, you'd also get Duncan and probably Valeria. (laughs) So I'll say... You know what? I'll allow it. I'll say you can can hit all of them, but you're also going to hit everyone else. (laughs) That's that's your option. Or you can hit... Can I... Two of them. How many can I hit from where I am? You you could get two of them pretty handily with the cone of cold as well. Surely I could get three. Well, it's kind of more like because if you if you ran to the side, I'm just trying to like picture these angles in my brain box. <laughs> um, yeah, you could you could run up to this. You know what you could do? You could run like off to the side of them a bit, and then you'd get like three of them and Jody. I would say, and the only one you wouldn't get is the the. Uh, 
dwarf man who shot a crossbow at you. You can kind of like run off to the right a bit and like angle that you'd get like the other three corners of the triangle of the square. Oh, that's a, that is a tough toss up. Because Josilia to wants to free. shoot the guy yeah. who, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, she will do that though. Okay. Okay, great. So she runs over there, and then Cone of Colts, everyone, including Jody, uh, those yeah, three. Yeah, so it's a con least. save. Yep. So Jody, you got to make that con save for me, my guy. No worries. First one, uh, the bottom right, which is the half elf woman, rolled a twenty, non critical. Oh, another twenty for the one in front. Oh no, he fails, right? Because he's hang on, stunned. Yeah. Stunned. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, no, just strength and dex can pass con saves. So two passes, I think, and a fail at with thirteen. Human woman fails, uh, the human man and the uh, half-elf woman both pass. So, give me the damage. And what did Jody roll? Uh, 12 plus 7, so 19. 19, okay, nice. So, Jody passes, which means he takes no damage, yeah. right? Incredible. Jody fucking, like, fucking ducks and dives as these, like, lumps of fucking uh, frozen sleet come whipping past his head, and he's just like... Whoosh, 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 and uh, just fucking hopping out of the way. Yeah. Nice. Um, <laughs> I love that. So, Jody takes no damage. What's the full damage? Uh, it is 37. Nice. And then half on a miss. Okay, so what's that? 18. So, so it's 8d8. Uh, very, very good blast. Jody managed to dodge it using his classic patented Jody Stylins. <laughs> and then the next person to act is uh, old Chunky Uncle Dunkle. Chunky Funky Dunky. Dunky. Yeah. The, the two closest to you are the one Jody's engaged with, who is stunned and has been kind of colded. Uh, then, but he passed the save. Then in front of you, off to the right, is the one who shot you. That's the half elf woman who also got kind of colded, but also only took half damage. Guess what, though? She made a critical error in her tactical analysis of the situation and pulled my aggro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Duncan goes for the half elf woman in front of him and to the right. You know, is it. it an assumption that Jody has the stunned guy handled? Yeah, of course. Yeah, nice. Okay, great. So Duncan runs over to the half elf woman on the front and the right. She's there. She's just like she's putting her like arms down. Like she used the crossbow to shield her face from like the worst of the sleet storm, but she got buffeted a bit, and she's like lowering the crossbow and drawing her short sword. And Duncan arrives at the scene. What up? Now, that person who got levitated from our party... Elva. She didn't get levitated. She was hovering a bit, which you've seen her do before. It's like, she, oh, like, Dr- she like Drazilia, has, like, the fly ability sort of. Oh! And she was, like, getting ready to okay. attack, and then she got, like, stunned. But we didn't see what caused that? You, you haven't seen a person yet that caused that. Um, well, yeah, I'm just going to start hacking this uh, crossbow shooting twit to pieces. Yeah, nice. Okay, go ahead and make those attack um, rolls against this. What, they're wearing like leather, right? Rootin' tootin' crossbow shooting, yeah. Studded leather armor. <laughs> Studded leather sounds like a job for power attack. <laughs> 16 to hit? Unfortunately not. Uh, shame. Yeah. Um, I neglected to cast any spells. So I might uh, just quickly cast Hunter's Mark on this crossbow shooter. Uh, with my bonus action, and then keep swinging. So DK, in DK's mind, like a glowing arrow materializes on top of this half-elf <laughs> woman, and he knows that yeah. he's got the smell of her in his nose. He's coming for her hard. And... Yeah, like that guy from the bit in Silence of the Lambs. Okay. <laughs> and makes another I'm, attack. I'm kidding. Fuck. I rolled one and it went off the table. It was going to go off the table, so I stopped it with my hand. And it was 11. I felt like somehow I cheated by stopping it going off the table. Yeah. I rolled it again. It's a fucking five. <laughs> um, 
So that's going to be another miss. Um, and then I'm going to use my last attack. Hey, Ben, remember that time we watched Silence of the Lambs at Lily's house? Yes, and you fell asleep. I did. And I left with five minutes to go. Yeah. I've never seen the <laughs> you, you couldn't fucking... I could not convince Grace to stay and watch the last five minutes of this fucking movie. Like, we literally watched this entire goddamn movie. Grace was like, oh, I'm so tired, I'm going to go home. And I was like, yeah, no worries, man. But, like... It's about to end. Like, it's literally, like, there are five minutes left to the movie. Already, like, 2.30 in yeah, the morning. And Grace is just like, no. Nah, I was like, no, this is my, I gotta go. this is my line. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. To be honest, does it surprise you? Um, it doesn't surprise me. Third attack. Fuck me. Still a 16 to hit. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. That's, that, ain't, that ain't it, my friend. And then the next person to act. Oh, my God. I can't believe that. <laughs> Three misses from DK. Yeah. That's not that common. He yeah, usually that's gets never it. Never happened. Yeah, I don't think I've really seen it happen before. DK's off his off his shit today. Like he's a little bit he's a little bit fucked. He had that, he had that spooky dream. You know? Hey, yeah, maybe. Hey, how does concentration work again? If you're concentrating, can you cast another spell? You can. You can. Yeah. 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 you can, but you can't cast another spell that it requires. Like, if you cast another spell that is concentration, it dispels the first one. Yeah, absolutely. So I think from where you guys are standing, where Duncan is standing at this half elf woman, and Drazilia's uh, a bit off to the right. Um, I need the both of you to take a dexterity saving throw for me as a fireball materializes in the space between you and just clips the pair of you. So That's my thing! <laughs> yeah, a little bit of dueling fireballs, although you didn't actually do yours in the end. Well, 14 on my dex save. In a rare display of dexterity, Drazilia got 18. So yeah, okay, so Drazilia fucking manages to like flip-flop out of the way a little bit. But Duncan, I'm afraid... <laughs> He's going to take the full chunky fireball damage. Wow, where is Duncan's head? Yeah, Duncan's... I mean, deck saves are not my thing regardless. Ooh, that's a lot of damage. <laughs> yeah, that is a full 30 fire damage, so 15 for Drazilia. <laughs> as Duncan just gets scorched by this fireball that just, like, caught him fucking flat-footed. <laughs> and Druzzy managed to, like, jump out of the way of it a bit. And I'll say, like... As Druzzy jumps out of the way of it a bit, she sees further off to the right in the tree line, there is a wizened-looking human man with a stern look of concentration on his face. Uh, and <laughs> he just dropped this fireball. And, you know, obviously, Druzzy can alert the rest of the party to that. But that was the end of the order. We're back around to Jody up top. What's good? Free action. Over there in the trees! <laughs> uh, Jody, I will say, this stunned dude in front of you, is he now unstunned? Well, it's a round, so... So this is your turn when you stunned him, so I guess that's a full round. Yeah, Your yeah. turn than everyone else's turns. So I guess he's unstunned as of right now. Right. Um, so he's still in front of you. He's looking pretty woozy, though, this human man. Like, yeah. he's been, yeah, he's been blasted a good few times. He got cone of colded. You've hit him a couple times. So he's, he's looking like he, he might be getting somewhere. All right. Great. Well, I'm, I'm just going to try and hit him again. Yeah, nice. Well, that, that's another 16 plus 30. That's another 29. Jesus, yep. Um, yep, that's 16 damage. Okay, 16 damage, the exact amount of hit points he has. You oh, fucking baby. brain him with yeah. the with your fucking fancy-ass staff, and he yeah. just, like, crumples right. into the ground. Well, then I, I uh, yank out my staff from yep. his skull yep. with a bit of a, bit of a twist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I just, like... Just cock it like a shotgun. <laughs> yeah. uh, I just beeline it for the uh, the magic man. Yeah, for the magic man! Oh, how fast can Jody run these days? Uh, pretty quick. I think, like, 55... 
Okay, you're gonna just not be able to get there because he's standing at full range oh, of his I'll, whole I'll, I'll dash spell. for free. Yeah, okay. Okay. So free. okay. So 110 feet. Then yeah, everyone yeah, keep yeah. on. Okay. If that's okay. Yeah. You. That's fine by me. So Jody brains this dude <laughs> and then just like turns to the right after Drazilia yells and just like fucking like bolts over to the magic man. Okay. Yeah. Nice. The magic man. I love that. Uh, cool. So what do you do with the magic man? I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna gag him. Oh, so he can't like. So you're gonna like use verbal components. You're gonna try and grapple him. Yeah. Okay. He's a wizard, right? He can't be that. Yeah, I think you probably could do that. Yeah. You know, if I'm grappling him, then in theory, I should be able to just like cover his mouth and that sort of thing, which might mean like around without spells. Yeah, nice. Okay, give it a give it a crack. Okay. What do you want me to roll? Uh, how does grapple work? Uh, I'm just gonna look it up. You have to use the attack action to make a special melee attack a grapple. If you, oh, okay, the attack replaces one of your attacks if you've got yep, multi-attack. Great, okay, perfect. fine. Yep, great. So... What am I rolling? Yep, let's find out. Using at least one free hand, you try to seize the target with a grapple check instead of an attack roll. It's a strength athletics check contested oh, with okay. their athletics or acrobatics. But okay, it's your great. strength athletics. Ooh! Uh, that's going to be a 17 plus 5. For strength? Athletics. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. Because he rolled a 20 non-critical oh, for his acrobatics check oh. to wriggle out of the way. So I think he's like, hey, hey, and tries to like wriggle out of the way, but Jody just tackles him. Yeah. Like just sacks I, I like to think that like, like Jody like jukes him, so he moves one way and yeah. then Jody is just sort of shifted exactly into him. Jody yeah. sacks the quarterback. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's fucking... Yeah. Touchdown, baby. Yeah, so he's got him now. So what can you do with a grappled creature? Let's find out. Creature speed becomes zero. Yeah, I think it makes sense that you can like try and gag him while he's... So you've, yeah. like, got a hold of him. I think you can, yeah, like, slap a hand over his mouth. Yeah. Okay, so that's Jody's plan. I love that. Okay. So Jody's removed the human man. His brains are now goo. And uh, <laughs> he, he's run over and he's fucking uh, silenced the spellcaster. Next people to act are the other three crossbow-wielding fuckers. There's the one in front of Duncan with the short sword, who first makes two strikes at Duncan. That is two Garbo strikes. That is a 10 and a 12. I imagine neither of those is going to hit DK. Uh, no, they're not. Yeah, so... so th- you can't use a reaction if you've used a bonus action, can you? Um, I think you can. Let's check. Oh, I love how rules-heavy we're getting today. I know. Yeah, I don't see any reason you couldn't use a bonus action and a reaction. They're, they're listed as separate things in the player's handbook. Each round of combat, all players get the following. One move, one action, one bonus action, if they have an ability to use it, and one reaction. So, I think oh. you're fine. So, uh, given that, I will use my reaction yeah, to nice. make a riposte attack Huge. on this... Uh, Half-elf woman. Crossbow fucko. Who's now got a short sword that they're attacking you with. And it's a power attack that I'm going for. Okay, nice. Fuck me. Oh. Roll the two. Oh, Jesus. Wait, I have, I have advantage on attack of opportunity because of my blade master. Okay, nice, 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 nice. Yes, okay. This is going to be 12 plus 13. That yes. 25 is definitely going to hit. You did. Now, this is when it gets fun. <laughs> this is when got... the real fun begins. Yeah. So we've got the weapon damage that we're looking at. Fuck me, fucking dice, come back here. Looking at 2d6 from the sword itself. I get to re-roll that too. It's another two. So we've got eight on those dice, which is then 
plus seven, which goes up to 15. I then get, uh, that's my just attack bonus. Then I get plus two because they're a humanoid. Eight plus seven, 15, so we're up to 17. Then I get another d6 from Hunter's Mark. So many that's a six. Uh, where did I just say I was? 17. So 23. Uh, so that's 23. I then get another 10 from the fact that it was a power attack. Yeah, so 33. <laughs> Christ, that's a chunky hit. Yeah. I think Duncan takes out the rage of having missed a few times with this one fucking, like, deafening blow uh, with his repast attack. Do you get any bonus for being repast? Uh, oh, yes. That's um, another D8. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, no. It's a D10 at this level. I knew I was forgetting something. That's a seven. Nice. So it's 40 damage all up then. So DK <laughs> does as much damage as a fireball with one fucking <laughs> swing of his blade, combining all of his different uh, features and attacks to make like a fucking huge damaging swipe. And I think like instantly uh, this, ha- this short sword wielding half-elf woman goes from being okay to being like winded and like holding this gash in her side. And uh, that was hers. Now the other two crossbow fighters decide to fire their crossbows at Drazilia, seeing that they just saw the havoc she could wreak with Cone of Cold. So, uh, one of them, that is a 25 to hit, and the other is a 16 to hit. Well, on the second time, I cast Shield. Okay. What do you think about that? So you get one of, one of them hits you, and then you block the other one. Yeah. Okay, nice. So you take uh, 9 piercing damage, plus... You notice... What? Yes, plus, plus, I need you to take a constitution saving throw for me from the first bolt that hit you. Because you notice as you look <laughs> down into this bolt that's stuck in your side, Drazilia, that there is a green ichor dripping from its tip. <gasps> well, um, I do have a very high constitution for a sorcerer, but I've only reached a nine... Unfortunately. Yeah, so you were going to take this full 22 poison damage Ugh, from my God. the uh, dripping ichor-tipped crossbow bolt in your side, and then the other crossbow bolt uh, hits your uh, shield spell and uh, rattles to the ground uselessly. Now, how are you doing on hit points, Juz? I'm on 71, <laughs> down from 133 yep. in... Like two hits. Yep, 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 yep. We're getting to the end game here, baby. These yeah, these play, uh, these people are playing uh, for keeps. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, fantastic. The next person to act is Elva, who gets an opportunity to try and break the hold on her person. And she does. She uh, spends her entire turn uh, trying to break this hold, and then you see like her willpower overcomes the hold spell. She hovers back up off the ground, and her hands light up with energy again. But that's her turn, was breaking that hold. Valeria fires another... Actually, no, Valeria uses her favourite spell, Bigby's Hand, and uh, decides... She, she runs over towards where Jody's grappling the spellcaster and drops a fucking Bigby's Hand fist right down on his incapacitated head. So, Bigby's hand thwacks down on his head, and he (laughs) needs to take... Yeah, it does. Oh, he doesn't even get a save. He just gets an attack roll against him. Okay, Valeria thwacks into him with Bigby's hand, and he takes some damage. You hear him... Oh, fuck, that's a big roll. Okay, you hear him let out an exasperated oof 
from uh, underneath, uh, muffled underneath your hand, Jody, as he takes, yeah, a whopping pounding from Bigby's hand. And that's Valeria's turn. Now it's Drazilia. What's the state of play, Draz? You've got this sword-wielding lady attacking Duncan, who is looking pretty winded, and you've got the other two crossbow people. You've got the uh, dwarf man who shot you the first time, who's currently taken no damage, and you've got the human woman who just shot you with an acid-tipped crossbow. Um, okay, well, I might spend four sorcery points <sighs> to double um, blight and blight both crossbow holders. Blighting them. Jesus Christ. Okay. Four sorcery points. Yeah, is that okay? Yeah, of course that's okay. Four sorcery points and what level spell slot? Uh, Fourth level. What does Blight do? 8d8 necrotic damage or half as much on a constitution save? Okay, great. So the human woman makes a con save. She got a six. And the um, dwarf man also makes a con (laughs) save. He got a 13. What's your save, Um. DC? Apparently it's 19. Yeah, it would be very high at this point. So they both take 8d8 necrotic damage. Give it to me, Drazzy. Yeah, all right. God, these are shit rolls. It's only 27. Okay. Shit. Okay, so they're both still alive, but they're both uh, take that hit pretty fucking unkindly. The one who just hit you with the acid bow, the the human woman, is especially looking uh, pretty rough. Um, Good. I'm glad. Yep. Uh, and the dwarf man still looks relatively okay because that was the first hit he's taken in this encounter. Now it's Duncan. You still got this woman in front of you. Uh, still got your hunter's mark on her head. This half-elf woman with the short swords. Yeah. First off, I'm going to put my planar warrior focus on her. doesn't really say what that means exactly, but um, like I don't know what the manifestation of that is, but like... It's just like the next time I hit her, I'll do more damage. Oh, nice. I think uh, like that's just Duncan fucking... I think we decided the Planar Warrior thing was like he's learned how to like activate the energy of the piece in his sword a bit better. Like by, you know, spending so much time in, in the <laughs> Yeah, warrior. it's just like a weird thing because I have to like make a choice. It's not yeah. like when you hit, it's like choose someone within 30 feet of you then the next time you hit them. Yeah, that yeah. Turn. I think he it's just like, like powers, up, powers up his sword a little bit. And yeah. But like specifically for her. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, I then start hacking away. Yeah, nice. Uh, Give me those. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do more power attacks because fuck it. Um, oh, oh, twenty-four oh. to hit. Yep, that'll do it. Okay, so Run one. ten from the blade. Yes, plus seven is seventeen. Plus the two for humanoid is 19. Mm-hmm. Plus the 10 from power attack what? is 29. Then there's a D6 for Hunter's Mark. I get to reroll the one, making it a two. Then I get the uh, D8 from Planar Warrior. I get to reroll the one, which is still a one. Uh, now 32. Okay. You cut her clean in half. <laughs> She's like, you, you, you target the gash that you cut in her side last time and just go back at it with all of your uh, rageful might. And yeah, your sword just like cuts through and she's just, yeah, in half now. Uh, she, she down. 
that was the half-elf woman. You've still got a relatively beefy-looking dwarf man and a, a relatively wounded-looking human woman, but they're, you know, a good, like... The, the dwarf man's, like, 20 so feet ahead. So has the wizard been dealt with? The wizard is currently being grappled and got, like, punted in the head with a Bigby's hand, but he's yeah. still there. So let me say, no. <laughs> Please help if you can. Because, <laughs> like, next turn, I imagine... Um, I be is he within guy. 25 feet of me? Uh, No. He's not actually within 25 feet of you. He was 60 feet away from, like, Elva, who you're standing, like, roughly next to. Jody only got there in one turn because he dashed for free using a key point. Um, so, no, he's not within 25 feet of you. Uh, the other people within 25 feet of me? Yes, the dwarf man is with the crossbow. All right. Well, I'm going to go after him. Yep, because you can. Very smart. Yeah. Um, okay. And I've got two more attacks. Yeah, nice. Okay. This turn. Bring them on. Are they also power attacks? Uh, yeah, they're going to be power attacks as well. He's wearing leather. He's wearing the same armor. Yes. Yeah, cool. Um, I've used my bonus action, so I can't move my uh, Hunter's Mark just yet, mm-hmm. but here we go. Uh, first one is gonna be 21 to hit. Yup. I might make this a big old menace attack, just to add some damage in there. Do it. So, we've got... So that's, uh, 7 from the weapon, plus 7, that's 14, plus 2 for humanoid, that's 16. We've then got the superiority dice, which is a d10... Uh, plus the 10 from power attack is 32. That should be all. Okay, 32. Nice. You fucking get him. You get him really fucking good with your sword. Uh, you see the wind driven out of his chest, uh, and out of his entire body, in fact, uh, as he just takes the fucking side of this powerful greatsword. Uh, he stumbles back a little bit and, uh, then drops his crossbow, pulls out a, uh, poison icker dripping short sword and, uh, snarls at you. The next person to act... Is, I still have another attack, dude. Is Duncan. <laughs> 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 uh, anyway, third attack, coming in hot. Uh, it's a crit. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Uh, um, so it's 11 plus 4 on the sword. 15 plus, uh, plus 9 goes up to 24, plus a 10, 34. Uh, I guess I'll just leave it like that. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, that wasn't as much of a jib as I thought, but you do bring him down. I think you've hit him in one side with your sword, he's stumbled, you bring your sword around and you bring it back from the other side and you, like, catch his momentum as he's stumbling, uh, just increases the force of the thrust, and yeah, he also falls before your blade. The next person to act is the wizard man, uh, who, what can he do without verbal components? Let's see what spells he has that he's allowed to use without verbal components. Oh, oh, that's interesting. What? Interesting. Um, I think Jody is holding on to this wizard man with his hands, and then all of a sudden... He's not, and the wizard man is instead standing 15 feet to his right, and just like, looking at you like, because the wizard man has no voice, but he does have like a dick dastardly mustache, and he's now standing over there to your right, and uh, starts just fucking hoofing it, hoofing it through the woods away from you guys. Yeah. Um, and then the next person to act, 
Well, it's actually Jody. Yeah, I immediately so, catch him. Okay, so you run over to him. <laughs> you try and grapple him again? Is that um, the vibe? No, no, no. Uh, if he's running like a coward. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Stab him in the back. Yeah. Yes, okay. Um, actually, no, you know what I want to do? I want to, like, tackle him, and I just want to keep punching him in the head. Okay, nice. Uh, so go ahead. Make an athletics check to try and tackle him. Um, Ooh, his acrobatics was not 20 this time, my friend. Okay. Uh, let's say 19 plus 5, so 24 to tackle yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, um, so he blinks away, starts running, and you just, like, chase over and fucking tackle him. <laughs> this is comedy of errors. And then while he's on the ground, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I can, I can punch him four times. Okay, good. So I'm just gonna... <laughs> just give me all the attack rolls? Just do uh, them now? Yeah, All four attack rolls? Well, I'm, I, I'll, I'll see. So I can, first one is gonna be a, um, ooh, 17 hits. Yep. Great. Um... So that's going to be 12 damage. Okay. All right. I'm just going to add it all up. Yep. Second punch. Um, uh, 21 to hit. Yep. Um, ooh, that's uh, 10 damage. Yep. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> Go on. No, he's, he's okay. He's okay. Yeah, okay, great. Well, then I'm going to flurry of blows. Okay, so what is that? Two more punches. Two more punches. Yeah, very good. Uh, that's a crit. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Uh, and just to clarify, Jody's hands count as magical weapons, right? Yeah. Because yeah, he passively yeah. has stone skin on, which means if they didn't, these just wouldn't be doing anything. Yeah, 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 to no, 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 yeah, 100%. But, yeah. Uh, so that's twelve plus um, bonus thing. Seventeen. The damage. Yep. 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 Um, and then I guess uh, one more hit. Um, eleven. Wait, yep. no, it's eleven plus your bonuses. Yep, yeah, bonuses. that'll hit. That'll yep, hit. Great. Yep. Oh my god. Uh, 12 damage. Okay, so Jody just, like, tackles this guy and brains him for, if my calculations are correct, 51 points of punch damage. <laughs> he's just what? got his guy on the ground. He's just fucking socking him. But the next thing that happens is the last remaining crossbow person, the half-elf woman, seeing how dire things have gotten, charges over so that she's within crossbow range of Jody Mastana. And she takes aim at Jody with mm-hmm. a dripping, poison-tipped crossbow. Yeah. And because Jody's engaged with a friend of hers, she also gets sneak. It's a crit. What? <laughs> so, I'm going to need a con save from you, Mr. Mastana. Christ on a bike, this could be bad. Um, Alright, that's 18 with a con save. Okay. A con save, okay, so you're only going to take half the poison damage. Okay, that's yeah. that's good. Okay. Oh, I'm, immu- I'm immune to poisons, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's just got this fucking immortal body. Okay, great. So forget about the poison damage. Just going to be the sneak then. So that's good. Christ. Because I was about to roll these dice. Yeah. Twice. And then... Yeah, okay, good. So it's just that. Plus... So it's just 43 then <laughs> with the sneak attack damage and the crossbow damage and then she also turns tail and starts running in the opposite direction. Cool. So, so you've I, got the I, magic user on the I ground. I use my reaction to sort of uh, reduce the damage. Oh, nice. thing I can do. Okay. Um, so I reduce it by... Uh, I just rolled a d10 and I got a 10, which is handy. Huge. Uh, so 10 plus my monk level is... Twi- uh, so that's uh, 16, so that's 26. Okay. Plus my dex modifier, which is 5, so 31 damage. Okay. So Sorry. Can you be injured? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, that's sort of my thing, right? Is I'm hard, to, I'm hard to hit. The impression I'm getting uh, is, no, he cannot, yeah. in fact, be injured. Um, 
yeah, so I guess that's, what, like 31 off so yeah, 12 damage? Yeah, 12, I think 13. 12 damage. 12. Great. Yeah, so Jody takes 12 piercing damage from a 43 piercing damage arrow, shrugs off the poison that was also inside that arrow, and then is just like, ugh, no worries, still punching this wizard yeah. on the ground. Christ, you guys are too powerful. Okay, then it's Elva. Elva sees um, this uh, human woman running through uh, the woods away from you and she's hovering and she just loudly proclaims, do we want this one alive? No. Yeah, she just straight drops a fireball on her as she's running away through the woods. Just a single fireball, just like a Dr. Manhattan style, like, like, like moves the hand in an arm, and this fireball just fucking detonates on this one running woman yeah. who takes a Elva dexterity save. Elva is our legendary Pokemon. She takes a dexterity save, she fails. Well, you know, she did compare you guys to her, and yeah. she is using a spell that you have, so <laughs> there is that. But she drops a fireball on this chick as she's running, uh, who fails the save, and yeah, it's just immolated. <laughs> you see this this running away human woman just like fucking, to use another Watchmen <laughs> reference, Rorschach at the end of, of the Watchmen, nice, just fucking disintegrate. Uh, so now there's just Jody on top of this Archmage, and it's... Well, Elva's turn, uh, but she thinks that this is all well in hand at this point. So, um, she, yeah. I guess he still has actions, so she really would do something. Yeah. So, yeah. she um, she's not within range, but she casts a ray of frost in his direction, tries to hit him. Yeah, she does get him at this level. That does some damage. The ray of frost strikes into the side of him whilst he's on the ground being hit, and uh, he winces in pain as the ray of frost hits him in the side, but he's still alive, the wizard that you've got down on the ground here. Next in the order is Drasilia. What are we doing? Are you guys trying to trying to keep anyone here, or are you going to straight murder this guy? I mean... Yeah, I guess, like, what information do we... Because I was intending on doing, like, non-lethal sort of thing. Yeah. And if we need to, we can just end it. <laughs> Grizzly is not so good at the non-lethal. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, like, what do, do, do we actually need any inf- What information can they give us? Like, how do they know we were at Sanctuary? You don't know that. True. Okay, maybe we, we, we do. We want to ask them some questions. Yeah. I can stabilize him if you accidentally like knock him unconscious. Um. Yeah. Well, unless anyone stops me, I'm probably gonna spell him. Great. Perfect. Love it. Uh, all of my spells are area of effect, except for disintegrate. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> Just fucking go for it. I don't care. I dodged it once. I can do it again, baby. I guess I'm just going to blight then, since I'm in the zone for blighting. You're in the mood for blighting? In the mood for blight. Yes, very good. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so you blight him, and he needs to take a con save, does he? Yep. It is eight, so I assume you're going to blight him effectively, because he's only got... Yeah, well, go on. Tell me the damage. He could, I suppose, survive it. I I don't think he will. (laughs) Oh, this is... Is it big? Okay. <laughs> Says 38? Yeah. Jody is on this guy, like, punching him into the ground, and you just see, like, all the moisture sucked out of his body, like he's in fucking Indiana <laughs> Jones. And as, as he is dying, as he is dying, he says the first thing you've heard him say, and he just barrels Jody and just says... You'll never stop him, Jody. And then he lets out his he last your name? last gasp. Yeah, I wonder how they would know my name, Grace. <laughs> 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 um, uh, 
Jody raises his fist one more time and then, like, sort of charges it with his key to cast Spare the Dying and then punches it down to his chest. <laughs> <laughs> like a fucking defibrillator? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, with that, he is stable but unconscious. Great. And you all breathe a collective sigh. Uh, I think, like, Elena comes out and says, Fuck, how did they know we were here? And Valeria says, Well, I, I don't know for sure, but... They must have known this was a place we were likely to come. Can we think of where they might have got information like that? From the pretty elf. Marcus. Marcus know about here? No, he couldn't have known that much, could he? Well, he was friends with Kipfler, if you remember. Right. When he got captured. Like, because you met him in, like, Kipfler's workshop. Yeah, right. So. And also the... Mm. Also Esme knew... Like, you met Esme at Sanctuary, if you recall. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I said Jody's name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, Elva says, It doesn't matter. We got rid of them. They won't be able to report back. We need to keep moving. And with that, she hovers slightly off the ground again and just keeps moving north in the direction of that obelisk. What do you guys do? You take the unconscious guy with you? Yeah, I guess maybe we actually restrain him now. Yeah, like, <laughs> tie him up, gag him. Yeah, yeah, yep. and we um, drag him along. Yeah, nice. Do you, do you make a little sled for him, maybe? Like a clown sled? Yeah, I twist his bones. <laughs> <laughs> like, use the corpses of his friends. Oh, Jesus. Put him yeah. on the, a bed of dead bodies. <laughs> that uh, is not allowed. We see the werewolf clutching a sending stone and furrowing his brow. He stares intently into space for a few moments, and then he places the stone on the table. Hmm, he says. I wasn't expecting that. He slowly casts his glance across the command tent to a bound and gagged Garrick, who doesn't respond, but glares defiantly. I guess we'll have to go back to plan A, right, Garrick? I hope you're ready for your big reunion. Looks like there'll be a few more at the party than we initially expected. How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons is a production of the Curio Network and hosted by Thomas Owen, Grace Chapel, Ben McAllister, and Jackson Newsett. Editing by Ben McAllister. You can find details of all the music in the show notes. We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where Grace talks with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them, or Still Interested, where we look at film and TV that has been rebooted or remade and try to figure out why they thought it was a good idea. Check it all out at curionetwork.com.
G'day HDW Laid listeners, my name's Gianni and I'm from the Australian podcast award-winning video game show Pixel Sift. Well, as an RPG fan, you might find this interesting. On episode 139, Chris Anthony from Indonesia's Toge Production joins us. He talks about his brand new game Coffee Talk and he tells us about how the studio actually role-played the characters in order to flesh them out in the game. We do role-play sessions in the company, so we assigned everyone in the company a character in the game that fits their personality and we, we just start chatting and that got adapted into the game. Each and every episode of Pixel Sift we talk to a game developer, we find out their story and we break down the news. You can listen to Pixel Sift on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on pixelsift.com.au or wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts.